I want to hit that I am first. That was the way God revealed himself to Moses at that experience of the burning bush. Dialogue between God and, and Moses went on, and finally he says to God, you want me to go to the Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go, but who should I say sent me? He said, Amy, Amy, I am. And you can just imagine, uh, Moses must have been, must have been like startled. First he's talking to a burning bush, and the bush told him to take off your slippers and come closer. The people of Israel are all down below. This is up on the mountain. And then the book says, the book, the burning bush voice says to him, okay, I want you to go to the Pharaoh. Now, now think, think of it in, in terms of today. And, and we said, okay, I want one of you to go to D.C. and go to the president and tell him a message. We would think that voice was nuts. We would think we were nuts for hearing that voice. But that's exactly what God said to Moses. You go to the Pharaoh and you tell him that I am sent you and that I am tells him to let my people go. Very interesting. Jesus picks that up. And that becomes, in John's Gospel, significant. Whenever you hear Jesus say, I am, think of the Aramaic, ego eimi, I am who I am. The cross, that's what we're focusing on today, the cross. Usually, and, and this happens every Good Friday in many, many, many churches, we have representations of the stations of the cross, and the person who plays Jesus, if he or she is doing a good job of it, and I say she because when I was at the university, one year we had a young lady playing Jesus. Why not? He died for all people. And it was a play. It wasn't mass. The person usually looks beat up and looks tired and exhausted and dirty and spit upon. And that's still our picture of the, the crucifixion journey, the Via Dolorosa, as we say, the, 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 the way of sorrows. But the cross is not just a disgusting thing. It became disgusting for the people of Israel when they had disobeyed Moses, they weren't satisfied with the quail, they weren't satisfied with the manna from heaven, and they complained to Moses. This is it's hard to believe. This is God's people. The people he chose of all the creation in the world, all the people all over the earth, he chose to take the Jews as his special people. Very beautiful. Well, those people were in Egypt and they wanted to leave Egypt. And how they left Egypt was under the direction of Moses. Because after... Moses told Pharaoh, let my people go. There were plagues, and I'm not going to talk about those, but the plagues. And then the, the Pharaoh realized, that, you know, this guy, this guy means business. His God is doing all this to us. I better let him go. And he did. He let Moses and all the people of Israel go. Now, there's two, ver maybe ten versions, but I'll say just two. One is 
the imagination is that all the people at once packed their bags and followed Moses. Another explanation by, by archaeology is that the moving out of Egypt took over a period of time. We don't even know how many times. And they moved from tribe to tribe out of Egypt. So it didn't happen immediately. It's not a, a movie. You got to get it all done. No. So it happened over a period of time. But God is taking care of these people. And he's feeding them with the stuff in the desert, manna and, and quail. And still they're complaining. Now, you've got to put yourselves in, or ourselves in their shoes. We have so much from God. We have access to God. We can talk to God. We can put ourselves before him and reflect on his life and, and Jesus' life on earth. But still... We complain, and, and, and not necessarily complain about religious things. We complain when things don't go our way. We complain if something is done that we don't approve of. And that complaining is a pain in God's eyes. There's a, a town that they eventually named after complaining and murmur, Meribah one of the towns in the journey. It means they complained. So Moses is up on the top, and God says to him, you people are screwing up down there. Okay? He goes down, and he sees them worshiping a golden calf. The reason for that is the people of Israel came from a polytheistic culture. They weren't part of it, but they came out of it. And Egypt was polytheistic. So they had gods for water, gods for fire, gods for dead, and so on. So what the people knew is what they did. These gods work, they told Moses. Not like your God who just gives you words. These gods work. Well, Moses came down from the mountain because God said, in punishment, the Lord sent among them seraph serpents, which bit the people so they may Many of them died. So seraph serpents are co common in the desert. They're little stinky little things, but they're deadly. God is saying to Moses, your people have sinned. And Moses looks at the serpents and realizes that's their punishment. Their punishment for disobeying God. Their punishment for not trusting him. Their punishment for not living up to the covenant that Moses is writing with God. Now, here's the beautiful part of this whole thing. God tells Moses, create a seraph serpent out of bronze. Don't look for the practical aspect of that. I don't know how they created bronze in the desert. It, it's, a, it's an alloy of two different metals, and you need a heavy, heavy heat to warm it up and soften them. But anyway... He made a seraph serpent, and God tells him, put it on a pole and raise it high. Everyone who was bitten, who looked at the seraph serpent, was healed. So they had faith now in God because God always comes through for us, and when he's, when he's doing things that we like or are positive for us, we say, God, here's our prayer. And so often... When God is not responding that way and we don't get our response right away, we say, God's not listening. 
Nothing new today from the time of the Israelites. Now, years later, and if you had to put a year on the Moses experience leaving um, Egypt, if you had to put a year on it, it's probably around 1200 B.C. Abraham left Ur around 1800. Moses leads the people out of Egypt around 1200. So many years later, Jesus is being criticized for what he says and how he says it. And finally, he says to, to the, the critics, okay, you're all going to die in your sin because you haven't accepted the one who sent me. Now, they're not really buying into that. They don't believe Jesus is Son of God. Or, as John's Gospel uses several times, Ego Eimi. They don't believe he is God and God's voice and God's word. So Jesus says, you, you'll get your time when the Son of Man is raised up you will realize who he is. I am. Now, this is written, so it goes back to the time Jesus is dialoguing, but it's written by John well after the, the events, and John's recalling some of this, and he's practically working with the Hebrew scriptures here and his own scripture, his own letter here, and his own gospel. And he finds in the Hebrew Scriptures that story that we just told about Moses and the healing serpent. Jesus uses that reference. As you hold the serpent up, the people are healed. When you lift up the Son of Man and look on him, you will be saved. The glory of the cross is what both the scriptures today are focusing on. How disgusting the symbol it is, but we clean it up. We make Jesus look clean, probably manicured, little white outfit there. But it was nothing like that, the crucifixion. He was bloody, he was spit upon, he had mud on him. He walked up what is now called the Via Dolorosa, falling a few times. Get up, get up, get up. And then he gets to Golgotha, and he fulfills the scriptures. When the Son of Man is lifted up, then you will realize I am. And I do nothing on my own. It's all the Father who sent me his will and wishes that I live up to. So the cross, as bad as it looks, is a sign of hope for us. It, it's, it's glorious. It's wonderful because it didn't stop on the cross. When he bowed his head and said it is finished, it took him down, put him in the tomb. But on the third day of his death, he rises. Jesus conquers death. We all know death. We've all seen death, whether it's a pet or a relative. We, we know what it is. They don't get up again. Jesus comes back to us on his own, I want to say, power of being God. The Father resurrects him. That's why the cross is such a sign of hope, because it doesn't end there. 
when we bring our petitions to God, when we ask him for healing, as we will with the anointing sacrament after Mass, what we're doing is reflecting on the beauty and challenge of the crucifixion and the hope that comes with the cross. Hope of Jesus' life with us and the beautiful fulfillment of Jesus when he said, I will be with you always. He's with us as we gaze on the cross today during Mass. Speak to him. The pains are presented to him, and you realize he had pains, the nails, the sword. But he's also conquered death. So we speak to Jesus. We're speaking to the Creator, first of all, Son of God, and our healer. The cross is a glorious event. <laughs>